It must be Thursday. Welcome to Learning Unwrapped, the podcast about your most important life skill, learning. My guest today has dedicated her professional life to creating learning environments that put students at the true center of their own learning. She comes to us with a bachelor's degree in education, a master's degree in computer science, and a doctorate in educational administration. She is, oh wait, it's me. So I'm going solo today. I write a blog and I've recently written about a topic that fascinates me, which is student choice and voice. So I thought that I would share a little bit about uh, my thoughts on student choice and voice in the classroom. For those of you who know me, you'll know that my work through my two companies, IDE Corp and Edquidity Inc., focus on designing learning environments, whether physical or virtual, that promote what I refer to as the achievement trifecta, conditions that, when they all exist together, promote true student achievement. And that is student engagement, empowerment, and efficacy. So student choice and voice falls under that second condition, empowerment. Loosely speaking, student choice means empowering students to make decisions about their own learning, what they need to learn and when, how they will learn, with whom they will engage, and where they will work. Ultimately, when you achieve a student-driven learning environment, students also decide why they learn. But hey, that's a podcast for another day. Now, student voice offers students a say in the design of the learning environment. So when students, for example, uh, design the physical classroom or identify websites and learning activities to add to the teacher's collection or suggest real-world problems they could tackle, well, now they actually have a voice in their learning environment. But before you can even get to student choice and voice, you need to simply hear students' voices in the classroom. If you walk into a classroom and you can only hear teachers' voices, well, you've got a ways to go to get student choice and voice. So I like to call it student expression, choice, and voice. Expression meaning how can we just get students speaking more in the course of their day? How can we get them talking about learning? How can we support students posing questions about content? When we tackle the idea of student expression at IDE Corp through our professional development we offer up three areas for unlocking the potential. You get to this expression. Now remember, this is even before you get to student choice and voice. How do we just get students expressing themselves? So the three areas are unlocking the potential of the content, unlocking the potential of the student, and unlocking the potential of the teacher. Let's talk about unlocking the potential of content through five levels of facilitation questions. So students are working and you as the teacher are walking around, I like to say, pull up a seat, sit with students and asking them some questions because you are trying to find out what they're learning. You need to assess that, kind of a formative assessment piece. The um, five levels represent increasingly complex levels of thinking. So first, you ask the typical comprehension questions to see if students are gathering up the basics. Uh, let me use two examples. One of learning about how plants make food for themselves through photosynthesis, and one about learning the letter B. We'll do a primary example in there as well. In the former example, I might ask students to explain the process of photosynthesis. A and I'm looking for them to say that plants take sunlight, carbon dioxide, and water, and convert them to sugar, 
which is food for themselves, and oxygen, which they give off for us. For learning the letter B, I might ask students what sound it makes and to point to the printed letter B or write the letter B for me. So those are the simple comprehension questions. Next, you ask application questions to have students apply this content to a new situation. So I might ask a student how they could uh, help a plant in their home thrive. I'd be looking for them to apply their learning to ensure that the plant has enough sunlight or water. For the letter B, I might ask students to point to the words that have B as the first letter or the last letter. Those are the application questions. Now, related to that, after application questions, I look for connection questions to get students talking about how they see the content playing out in their own lives. Why is it important to have large trees or green vegetation and forests in an area? You know, it turns out that in one year, a mature tree will convert more than 48 pounds of carbon dioxide from the air into oxygen for us to breathe. Of course, you can really have a lot of fun with this topic. It turns out that teak trees are the most efficient at sucking up all the carbon dioxide and turning it into oxygen. But hey, I think I'm venturing into a problem-based learning uh, talk here. But, and that falls under student engagement. Okay, that's a podcast for another time. For those of you who know me, this is how my brain rattles around. <laughs> so back to empowerment and unlocking the potential of the content. I hope that you already see, though, that through these questions, beyond comprehension questions, that these questions will get students talking and questioning further. It'll, it'll get them conversing. So, okay, I was on to connection questions. With the letter B, questions could be simple as asking them to point out all the words they use every day that start with the B sound. After comprehension, application, and connection questions come synthesis questions, creating new knowledge from existing content. So if you were going to create a biodome to support life on Mars, what types of vegetation would you want to take with you and why? Part of learning about photosynthesis in plants is understanding the role of the leaves. As I already shared, the teak trees produce a lot of oxygen. Pine trees, not so much. So heck, I'm taking teak trees with me to Mars. But wait, will I have enough carbon dioxide for them to use on Mars? because plants won't thrive if they don't have carbon dioxide. So you can see that synthesis questions will promote conversation. As for the letter B, I'd venture into the blends and ask what other letters you put together with B to make a sound. For instance, offering up the BL blend. If I put a B and an L together, I get black or blue or blend. Can you think of another letter I could put after the B to start words? So I wanna get them thinking about the blends. With synthesis questions, students are using what they know to create new knowledge. Finally, metacognitive questions ask students to talk about their own learning process. Did you find this easy to learn? Why or why not? What tips or tricks did you use to remember the information? So these five levels of facilitation questions cause students to talk about the content. That's why I say you're unlocking the potential of the content. This is one way to promote student expression. In a future podcast, I'll go into the second way, which is unlocking the potential of the learner. Well, that's a wrap. I'm glad you could join me. 
I hope you'll subscribe, like, and share this podcast and help me spread the word about the power of learning. Till next time.